Good evening, um, everybody. Thanks for coming uh, tonight to The Shed, the National Theatre's new temporary auditorium, and the first in our season of Shed Talks, which are informal conversations with uh, some of the people involved in making the shows, uh, in this case, the writer of the first play in here table, Tanya Ronda, um, and, uh, and then other uh, people uh, associated with the show, experts on themes to do with the show, a whole range of different uh, people coming to talk throughout the year that this um, space, The Shed, is going to be here. Tonight we're talking about table, and Tanya, it would be lovely to start, I think, because some people uh, may have seen the show already and some people will, will be coming this evening or, or later in the run, but um, perhaps you could just introduce this, your play, to us and tell us where it came from, where you had the idea for it, um, just what, what the starting point was, really. Without giving too much away. Without giving too much away, <laughs> in a tantalising manner, which <laughs> makes people want to see it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, is, this is the object. Um, so, table. actually, the process of making table was the first thing that... Um, occurred as an idea. Uh, Rufus Norris, the director, and myself had been teaching some workshops on adaptation, which is what I normally do, um, to some directors and writers. And Rufus, in, in those adaptation workshops, leads them through this great improvising um, exercise, uh, which just gets, gets some brilliant mm. stories very quickly from people without them even realizing it. Coming from the actors themselves. Coming, yeah. Right. But in the, yes, exactly. It's, it's a kind of, it's a bit like a, a, a wink murder setup, but you, you very quickly find yourself in a scene and then it's a triangular scenario and um, just about playing your objective. And uh, anyway, it's a, it's a great little improvising tool. And at the end of, every time we tour today, involving this exercise, we'd come away thinking, imagine if we did that exercise mm. with some brilliant actors. Mm. You know, not to diss the writers and directors who... Yeah, sure. <laughs> but actually, imagine that. And that was the very first um, spark of this play. Because the next thing that happened, really, was that uh, Rufus went to the National Studio, which is, which is a kind of engine room adjoined to the National Theatre, really, where uh, development processes take place and people can um, brew up projects uh, before they're at a stage of being on the page mm. and having a director and a designer and actors attached to them. Um, and a lot of that work feeds in to the main building. Mm. And the main building's red babies. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the studio gave us a week to um, experiment with devising some material. Um, it's probably fair to say at this stage that Rufus and I uh, are married. You can so fess <laughs> up to that now, yeah. <laughs> Before yeah. I go any further. <laughs> I it, it's trying to explain it to people who don't know that, when I forget to tell them, I go, so they've got this table, <laughs> and it's their kitchen table. And you can see them go, why are the writer and director got the same kitchen it's table? Really taking um, work it's taking work to a real it extreme. An, it is an important part of the, the is, puzzle yes. in understanding the piece. So yeah. So, yeah, not to, yeah. Anyway, so um, we have at home this kitchen yeah. table. 
which we've had for over 20 years and we got at an auction, um, the first auction I ever went to, it was very exciting. And it's an old school table, it's a very rough wooden school table. Uh, but it's got graffiti scrawled, not in pen, but in a knife or a compass in it. Lazy lion is one of them, and then some little kind of romantic beginnings of hearts and letters and a lot of chewing gum underneath it, which we discovered when we got it home. Anyway, we bought it for £42 and um, continued the tradition of carving into it. Uh, not ourselves, but people who stayed with us or lived with us for a while, which many au pairs did over the years, and midwives who were there at you know, fairly major moments of our lives and um, family and friends. So the table is now covered uh, with the, these sorts of engravings. Uh, it's not to everyone's taste. <laughs> it's you know not the not the cleanest aesthetic uh, home, but that's what we like. And um, we've always had a love of old things and things with history, and mm. have a feeling that wood really carries stories because it it um, absorbs history. Um, so with this week. We, the, uh, the idea we went in to the week with was telling a story with a table at its centre, bearing witness to generations of a family's life and bearing the marks and scars of the life lived around it. Beyond that, we had very little else, actually. One story that was passed on by Rufus's mm. father, who'd spent a lot of time in... Tanzania, Tanganyika, as it used to be, um, and told this great story about uh, a big cat hunter who was exceptional at his job and tracked this leopard down to a nunnery. Um, and the, nu the leopard was actually hiding under one of the nun's beds when he finally cornered it and killed it. Uh, so we had that story <laughs> and this table. <laughs> Not very much beyond that. There was also another story, which I won't fully divulge because it's quite a horrific story, but uh, of a friend of mine uh, who ha told me this extraordinary, remarkable story around a family dinner table, um, which has, when, if you're seeing it later, if you give it a thought, it, it, has, it has reduced down to um, the end of the Litchfield section, mm. basically, the kind of the culmination of that, the first section of the play, which is set in Litchfield. Um, so. So the actors began improvising. The actors began using improvising. Using the idea of this marked, scarred table and some of these small starting points. Yeah. And the family, the best family, who are the owners of the table and the, the, the family whose story you tell, that, did that emerge? Uh, quickly in that first week? Very quickly yeah. in the first week. We knew we knew we needed to find, to create a family uh, tree, yeah, really. Right. You know, we knew we needed the man who made the table mm. and we knew we wanted to span to present day. Mm. Um, so we had to fill out this family tree and just for the purposes of the week, really, we thought, right, day, day one was just me and Rufus say, you know, talking about themes and what we wanted to explore with it. One of the other... Along, so from that first day, actually, uh, uh, alongside the stories that the family 
would go through. We, we also identified some of, the, some of the kind of genetic characteristics within the family, the best mm. families they've ended up being um, that would be interesting to us to yeah. explore. So, um, uh, and that folded into the man who made the table, David Best, mm. being slightly obsessive in his work mm. and making not just any old table, but a, a perfect table, as he saw it, like, you know, really going the extra mile. One could call it obsessive, one could call it dedicated, one could call it, you know, pride in a good and a bad way. So th this sort of overexertion of uh, overapplied mm. characteristic, mm. Uh, which we thought would be interesting to and explore. Which might, Claire demonstrates, have an impact on their family. Exactly. That, that kernel, that single uh, personality trait, we see the impact on generation after generation as we go through the story. So um, so then when does Tanya Ronda, the writer, rather than Tanya Ronda, the facilitator of the workshop, take over? Do you go away with the improvised material? You, were you taking transcripts in that workshop, yeah. recording it? I, was, I, w I had my laptop yeah. and I was just, you know, it was a very messy <laughs> document coming <laughs> back to it, but scattering down anything interesting that came yeah. up from the floor. Um, and there were, you know, lots and lots of beautiful stuff that, yeah. of course, hasn't even, you know, remotely made its way in. But some things from that very first week are still absolutely central to the play. I mean, I'd say, you know, the actress who plays Michelle, um, Penny Laden, uh, was in that first week. Actually, she wasn't in any of the other weeks because she was busy across all the whenever else we workshopped. But she was in that first week and. She came up with a line which is still in the play and is absolutely central to mm. where the whole journey ends mm. up. Um, which you won't which was? Which, 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 <laughs> you won't, which we won't say now. Well, I, uh, I, I don't know. I don't mind. In well, a I don't know which line it is, no, Tanya, so I, I can't know, help no. you say whether it um, spoils it or not. Um, uh, yeah, I'm a satellite. It won't make any sense, actually, but it might do later. I'm a satellite. I exist in their orbit. But it and was there's just some a kind of truth about family. Yes, that was immediately exactly yeah. about a well-handled, uh, a person handling their family well, and about what the modern family feels like. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, so then, but I mean, one thing, one feature of the play, I think you feel really strongly when you're watching it, is the um, skill, the structural skill with which you playwrights put it together, and the, um, I think, I mean it. It might not feel, I think, at first glance, like a piece which comes from an improvised process because of that, because there's quite a fine web of patterns and connections and it doesn't move in a linear way, but it jumps around. And I mean, it's it's a complex narrative, a complex yeah. dramaturgical piece. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, I mean, at some point, you, the writer, began to control the material yeah. and shape it and turn it into what we are seeing now. Yeah, yeah. What did that that came after the first workshop? Because there were then subsequent workshops. Right? Yeah, I guess there were layers of that. Mm. You know, each, each each time I'd move further away from what had been improvised right. and further towards a, a, a complete piece in and its own right. That a, like a, a, an authored uh, script. An authored play. Yeah. And so then, you, and then subsequent workshops were working on those themes. Yeah, so subsequent workshops, we'd go in with much a much clearer idea about yeah. which branch of the family that was still confusing and get get 
to grips with, you know, the exactly argument what between... happened in Africa. Yeah, kind like, of. Yeah. I mean, actually, we didn't spend much time... Well, we no, we spent a lot of time with the nuns. The, the commune, which is in there as well, we, we mm. kind of... It, it just came off the ground so mm. easily. We knew we didn't have to return to it. Yeah. So that, I just, you know, dealt with that mm. out of, you know, out after the first workshop, really, or the second. But, yeah, we, we'd, we'd, we'd kind of knuckle into uh, specific questions about relationships or, um, you know, and kill people off mm. during those, mm. you know, realising that actually we didn't need that person and that, you know. And but all the way through the process, it's hugely collaborative. Never that moment of you going and uh, creating on your own, it's always being supplemented by these exchange and an exchange of ideas, not just with Rufus, director, but with the actors and a huge number of actors as she said some of whom yeah. are in the show and yeah. lots and lots of, of people appearing in other national theatre shows yeah, i remember yeah. the first time i saw any of this rory kinnear who's playing iago in the olivier tonight was in that in that company and that's i mean one of the reasons why just to uh, when we came to think about programming it for the shed i think it felt so exciting was because part of the purpose of this space is to try and um find new forms and new processes and I don't think the National had presented in one of its theatres before something which had come so organically from an improvised collaborative yeah. process <coughs> at the National Theatre Studio. Yeah. And, it, and I mean, do you think that there's something in the end product in the play that we see now that, uh, do you think the, the, the texture of the play reflects that? Yeah, I do. I, th I think organic's a really good word for it, really. And, uh, and it's kind of nice that the, the material mm. <laughs> of this shed is yeah. an organic material, uh, you know, and the main subject of the play as well is wood. Um, but I, yeah, I, th I think I think it has it has tiny, uh, tiny, tiny shards of so many people's mm. ideas and imaginations in there and input. All of them are in there, actually, in some in some way, some more than others. But it, it's f it's filled with the play itself is like the table. Yeah, yeah. It, it absolutely yeah. is. It really is. It's it carries all those marks. But is there anything? Um, I mean, there must be difficult moments in that. There must be moments <laughs> when you wish everyone would shut up and let you write your play. Or which did you did you were there points of contention or? Well, what was interesting? What was really interesting, actually is that once we got into rehearsals, uh, uh, you know, and it still retains quite a kind of um, uh, colloquial mm. way of speaking for f mostly, uh, but actually what we realised is that it, it needed to be treated really simply and clearly yeah, yeah. as a text, yeah. and that was quite a surprise. And that where people were kind of adding nits and buts and me, it, it, it had to be stripped right back and, and what was on the page needed yeah. to be honoured for it to work. Which was a, a really surprising. So, although something comes from this very spontaneous moment of creation, it then is refined into something yeah. as musical and precise as any yeah, text. Yeah, and quite absolute. Mike Lee says the same. Does goes he goes through the same thing? Interesting. I, think. I mean, other people might know might know about that, but I think <coughs> that's right. That when you when you arrive at the script, the script is then absolute. Yeah. Um, and are there were there challenges in working? So closely on a project with the person that you <laughs> lived with, um, in terms of in terms of uh, who the the lead creative artist is on this. I mean, 
as you, it's it's a play with your name on it. Yeah. It feels to me as somebody who's seen the process like it's something that you've made together. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the production and the play, for me, are kind of inseparable. Do you feel? I wonder if you feel. Yeah. Like that. No. I I think I think uh, the arguments haven't been about least creatorship really. It's it's. Um, I mean, I think you know the, 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 the when it wasn't coming <coughs> easily in rehearsals, where where mm. we were suddenly feeling like oh the intimacy is gone, the you know it, it, yeah. when it wasn't working yet. Yes, I think we suddenly realised the risk <laughs> 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 in doing a joint project, which had sprung from quite a personal, you know, and had been beautifully organic up until that moment, and then suddenly we're like, okay, what if it just doesn't work? You've got to go home and have breakfast yeah, at the table. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, you know, if one of, I don't know, both of you, and opening this great space and everything. So the risk mm. factor felt high. And, um, uh, yeah, but, and, and then that would have been quite difficult, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. Um, would we have started to blame one another at that point? Yes, I don't know. Right. But actually, um, yeah, in terms, in terms of, what you know, mm. When we were trying things in rehearsals and they weren't working, you know, th that then there might have been a tussle. But actually, Rufus is such a good director that he would just move on until it did work. Yeah. And then and then you just go, well, actually, at the end of the day, it's a play that's really well served by a good director. Yes. So, yeah, yeah, the yeah. And, and in those cases, the marriage is really strong between mm. form and content. Um, there's an awful lot of music in the piece yeah woven through in the use of um particularly hymns and the opening few moments sort of real way of connecting time and connecting space and characters um was that something that uh, came early was that in the first workshop like some of the other things that you've been yeah about? about rory kinnear who's yeah. to, you know about to play iago was brought in uh the first hymn i think um and the, the one that he knew mm. And it stuck for months. I mean, it was that kind. Dear so Lord he brought. No, no, oh. he didn't bring that. He brought in, um, uh, "Oh Jesus, I have promised," oh, wait, an abiding that. memory of yeah. Rory Kinnear on the piano <laughs> doing a, an angry, kind of twisted version of "Oh Jesus, I have promised." Yeah. To, to the tune of "Little Donkey," is that possible? <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, yeah. that's the memory, um, and those kind of moments that you you sort of felt well that will never leave the mm. project because yeah. it's so wonderful. Yeah. But of course it reshapes and reforms and it's the wrong hymn and the actor is a different actor. Yeah. And yeah. you know, so the music took the same organic journey. I mean, three of the songs didn't come in until rehearsals. Mm. One of them, Jonathan Cullen, who plays Anthony and Finley, uh, brought in a song which I just love in the show uh, about a duck, which you'll hear more than once. Um, we'll be and that it was on your way home. Yeah. <laughs> the truth, and catchy. that's just, you know, when he, uh, and that was just kind of accidental. He said, yeah. oh, my dad, my granddad used to sing this to me. And we were kind of talking about the wartime stuff. And it, yeah, it's, it's ended up being really integral to it. And um, Lucien Samati, who was helping with the Swahili translations and stuff, yeah. brought us a gorgeous little Swahili song, um, Tanzanian song. Um, and David Shrubsall, brilliant MD. Uh, who Rufus had worked on London Road exactly. with the yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was a already a yeah. really strong established working partnership. Um, brought a beautiful, uh, I think it's beautiful, uh, song which was a hymn and then was a folk song uh, called Lay Me Low. 
So those three weren't in, you know, wow. in the, yeah, yeah, and in yeah, the yeah. rehearsal Amazing. script there was this, uh, I was really excited because I'd found this fabulous little Norwegian <laughs> table prayer, sung table prayer. And at that stage it was more about table prayer, more about prayer, more about mm. sung prayer and the through line of that. And that just kind of fell away because, yep. you know, Norway was nowhere and <laughs> Gideon wasn't yeah. a collector of songs. And right. Yeah. So that has also that been process a process of evolution was right through rehearsals was very um, it was, was really a lar large scale reinvention yeah of the, the form piece, stuff evolution of the piece the form stuff which the which the songs belong to mm. really and uh, and the way one scene goes into another and yes even in rehearsals we did even move sec small sections around mm. a bit yeah. it was like editing a film really yeah the content was all there but it, like in the latter stages of editing a film, when the music starts to really yeah. uh, finish the story, and and you're still you're yeah moving and you can components. only see the completed thing sort of for the first time at that point. Exactly. You you you've mentioned more than once that moment in rehearsal of um, trying to take this piece that was very organic and turn it into a production which was complete and yeah. and, and there and. Yeah. Um, Again, from the outside, it feels like part of that process of completion has been arriving in this space, and that the shed is the audience, obviously, as it's, as always with a with a piece of theatre. But this this space very much has been a final kind of the the, the final piece of the jigsaw, as far as Toby is concerned. Yeah, it absolutely has, because it demands an authenticity. This space, because it's so much more intimate than the other spaces. Um, and and there's nothing between the audience and the actors. It it yeah. it demands a level of reality and honesty from the players, which they completely deliver to a to a person. Um, and and again, this simplicity, this lack of artifice, this lack of um, bells and mm. ribbons, and yeah, it, it's it's very direct, mm. really. And I think that's the space that asked that of it. Yeah, and you end up with a, 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 kind, a, a very complicated piece of storytelling, which is actually all about simplicity, moment to moment. Yeah. Um, and the thing that, that I, I think the thing that's most wonderful about having so much music in the piece is how wonderful this space is for the singing, uh, the human voice when they start singing, um, it it takes off, and that's one that's something we had no idea about. With the shed, you know, the thing that's been remarkable is to open this play and open this building at the same moment, and to feel that as we, as you and Rufus and the team making table have learned about your play, so the the huge team at here at the National that have been involved in building this have learned what this space is and what it means to make theatre here. We've had changes to the physical yeah. space. We've, you know, we're we're doing things all the time. Uh, we're learning about what the air is like, what the temperature is like, what the ambient noise is like, um, and, and all, the buskers all join us. The buskers <laughs> join sometimes, and, they, and people sit here thinking it's an extraordinary piece of sound design that according to scenes in the play, where well, it would be appropriate. It's a saxophonist under the bridge. Yeah, exactly, it's, it's a man who won't move. Um, and yeah, I mean, all of that just feels so much of a piece with the, with the play and what you're talking about, about the way things are through life and meaning yeah. through the way they get marked and altered and changed and that's the story of the table and the story of this play and now the start of the story of this building well it's um it's 7 15 and uh, the show's going to start soon so they need 
this space for the actors. Um, so thank you to uh, Tanya, uh, Rhonda, for, for coming and talking for this uh, fantastic, beautiful play. Thank you to all of you. And there'll be shed talks throughout the year with all the productions in here. So um, keep an eye out on the website and around the theatre for more news of that. Thank you for coming. Thank uh, you. Thank you.